Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 29 Sin the Troglodyte Moat Digger. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I'm your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another in-between week edition of sidekicks and side quests i went to the polls on twitter and reddit and i asked the community what y'all wanted to hear and it was a three-way tie between making up a random character doing another archetype and hearing more about my homebrew deity lore and so i decided well since i got three votes for each one of those categories, why don't I just work my way down the list? And since we have not done a randomly generated character on one of these in-between week editions of the show, I decided, why not go for it? Let's go for it. So what this means is that I have my own set of dice right here. Ah, nice little Foley sound effects. And I have my tables pulled up right here. And so I'm going to go through the exact same exercise that one of my guests would go through. And their responses are included. Some guests that their episodes have not premiered on the show yet, but their interviews have been recorded and they're waiting to be edited and put together and broadcast and shared for the world to hear. So this could be very exciting and also clue you into some upcoming guests that we're going to have on the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll up a random character in NPC creation. All right. So as we are working our way through the questions, the first thing to determine is the character's name. So I'm going to go ahead and pick up one of my D20s here in this box. Let me give it a nice roll. All right, so the result I got was a six, Sin, which is spelled X-I-N. So it's actually a Chinese name and pronunciation. I believe in looking at the details for this name, it's typically used as a female name, but I suppose could be unisex. But since the first thing that popped up said that it was a female name, I'm just going to go ahead and go with female on this character. So Sin, X-I-N. The next thing that we need to determine for our character is their ancestry. So let me go ahead and look through my dice here. I've got two D10s. I'm going to give those a roll. 
So I'm going to say that the number that I'm looking at here based on where they rolled is going to be 89. A troglodyte. As I pull up the Dungeons & Dragons Forgotten Realms wiki page, it tells me that troglodytes are cave-dwelling reptilian humanoids with a barbaric culture centered around food and scent, the stench of an angry or frightened troglodyte, so foul that it sickened all living creatures nearby even after the troglodyte had passed. So let's see, they're shorter than humans, standing on average between 5 and 6 feet tall, with spindly but muscular arms, squat legs, and long slender tails. Bodies were coated with rough leathery scales and normally possessed a grayish-brown skin tone, although they also had the chameleon-like ability to change their coloration. Okay. Lizard-like heads, which on males were crowned with frills that extended from their foreheads to their necks. Beady black eyes struggled to see the in the light, and their claws and fangs were obvious to those who saw them. All right, so we're working with a troglodyte female named Sin. So the next category for our random character that we need to figure out is what is their job or role so that would require me to roll a regular d10 so i'm just gonna set that one down pick up a new d10 and i got a five which this was a job that was suggested by future upcoming guest kevin j james and the job that i got was moat digger so sin the troglodyte is a moat digger, digs moats. Maybe has a very uh, lucrative moat digging business, perhaps. We'll find out as we keep going along. Now we need to figure out how old is this character. So that's gonna be a D8 that I need to roll. And as I pick that up and that's a seven, ancient. Okay, an ancient troglodyte, that is a moat digger. Okay, all right, so we're starting to get more of a picture. The next question here is, let's describe the physical appearance. Okay, so as I go back and I kind of look at the notes that Wizards of the Coast gives on troglodytes as a species, if the Sin character is ancient, I'm wondering if she is kind of on the shorter side, probably hunched over, but probably really defined upper arms, considering that Sin is so much of a skilled moat digger. And I wonder if there's just kind of like this permanent blackening of her claws and fingertips as she's spending so much time digging in the dirt and the ground and the muck to be able to form these kinds of moats. So obviously no frilling because they said that was more for the males of the species. I'm going to go ahead and say that since there is this chameleon-like ability to change the coloration, for the most part, she tends to stay on the brackish watercolor. That way she kind of blends in with the moat. Another defining physical feature would be a more pronounced and developed nose and probably also maybe a little bit more of a developed tongue since it talks about the ability of troglodytes to have this keen sense of smell here it's saying a buildup of olfactory screams battle cries and various other messages would combine to forge an overpowering sense so keen was a troglodyte sense of smell they were capable of smelling fear or rather the hormones given off by creatures experiencing fear and would target those who they could smell were most afraid so i'm thinking that even though troglodytes are built to be these underdark dwellers, they are a society governed on strength and the ability to have your strongest be your proven leaders. I think 
maybe over time, Sin kind of found her place, her niche within the underground society. And I'm thinking maybe even she had once challenged for leadership, but lost. And so she was kind of kicked out of her tribe. So probably on her body, even though she does her best to camouflage her scale so it doesn't show it, but there's probably some old scars, some old battle wounds from when she was trying to secure her place within her society. And so now I would suspect as a moat digger, she probably lives within these underdark communities and maybe she hires herself out to dig these moats for Dwargar, Darrow, Drow, whoever needs help as far as construction is concerned. I think that's a pretty good physical description that we've worked out and also has kind of pieced into the character's background a little bit more. So now as we look at our next question, what are going to be the three adjectives that describe this character? Hmm... So as I look more into the background, I think the first adjective that I'm going to use to describe Sin would be anger, angry. She's harboring a lot of resentment and confusion and burning rage underneath the surface because of the fact that when she tried to gain a leadership role within her tribe, she was summarily defeated and left for dead. And so she had to find her way to this underdark community where the only thing she could really get work in was physical labor. So I'd say there's a lot of anger behind her. I think the second adjective that would describe Sin would be foolhardy, which means to be recklessly bold or rash. She's very quick to lash out maybe at other co-workers who are busy digging moats, or if you stumble upon her in a bar after she's worked a long day, she's quick to pick a fight or get confrontational with other people who are getting up in her grill, whether it's to challenge her or whatnot. And being quote-unquote ancient within a troglodyte's age range, she's being angry and foolhardy to her detriment because who knows how much longer she can go on being a moat digger and surviving in this society that isn't her own tribe. And I believe that the last adjective would be covetous. While she works for this crew that digs moats in the Underdark for cities, for royalty, or whatnot, she's constantly looking at other people. Since she came from this tribe that's built on anarchy and everyone's always looking out for themselves and if there's an opportunity to rise above someone else and take them out. So she's looking at her co-workers and troglodytes being attracted to shiny objects, metal, since they do understand the value of metal items. Certainly, she's always looking at her other moat diggers who have really well-crafted tools. She looks at adventurers that pass through the Underdark or maybe soldiers or guards, and she can see the fine armor and weapons that they have. She starts getting a little itchy as far as she's concerned that she wants that kind of stuff. But of course, based on her age, based on her lot in life, she's just kind of stuck. And so that builds on the anger and the brash behavior and certainly probably to go along with the covetousness she wants to be able to get that seat of power within her tribe and she wants to remake herself of course in reading over how troglodyte names work according to one source that i'm reading here saying they don't have the imagination for arbitrary names so they often simply give their children descriptive names and as such names are of a utilitarian nature and rarely have any bearing on the individual so definitely I think Sin, X-I-N, is probably not a natural name that she was 
given as part of the tribe. That's one that she adopted. Probably she heard it in Undercommon and it most corresponded to the utilitarian name she was given when she was originally born into the tribe. And I'm thinking probably her actual troglodyte name in the language, her personal name would probably be something along the lines of one with pointed nose. So since I talked about in her physical description being of a pointed nose, more snake-like, I guess, but also kind of canine-like as far as the nose being more pronounced and then the tongue being more snake-like. So she's really good at picking up smells. So that's probably what her personal name was back in the tribe. Then she got kicked out and then she adopted this name, Sin from Undercommon in order to have some semblance of an identity here in the Underdark, in the urban Underdark environments. So that all to say, going back around to being covetous and angry and foolhardy is that she wants to get back to her old life and she wants that chance to prove her might and her worth in order to gain leadership and ascend the ranks as it were. So as we go back to the questions, what's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or some ideal or concept that they ascribe to. So as I go to my charts, let's roll a D4 first to figure out what's going to be the category. That's a one, an item. And let's go ahead and roll a D6. So that was a six. Okay, interesting. This could definitely tie into her age. This was an item that was suggested by future upcoming guest Elvia Jablinski. So the person that my previous guest, Ansa Jablinski, created Elvie the NPC. Elvia came on the show and the item that Elvia submitted to us was a crown that made you immortal when you wore it. So I think this ultimately really helps to tie in to the fact that Sin is ancient among troglodyte standards, considering that troglodytes are in a state of anarchy for the most part, and they're governed by chaos. They're governed by strength and raiding and hunting and just kind of being bloodthirsty. The fact that Sin's sense of smell was so good. I like to imagine that at one point she was digging and while she was digging through dirt and rock, whether it was with her claws and hands or she was using tools, but she happened to stumble across this magic item, this crown. Maybe it's not like a crown that's studded with jewels or anything, but it was maybe appeared to be a simple, unassuming iron band. And she picked it up and put it on her head and she found herself immortal while she was wearing it. And one of the other workers kind of made fun of her or something for it. And she like cracked him across the jaw, broke his jaw. And so everyone just kind of knows, oh, leave Sin alone. She likes to wear that thing on her head. Don't make a big deal about it. Don't bugger about it. Everyone knows her as this hardworking digger, but they don't know how she's been able to live so long. And well, it's because apparently she has a crown that makes her immortal when she wears it. And so I think this factors into maybe her goals and schemes for someone who's angry and foolhardy and covetous. She feels like she's on the path, the march, maybe to reclaiming her title. As we now have an idea of the object in hand, what's going to be a particular quest that she'd be willing to recruit her higher player characters to go and do? So now as I pull up the next thing in the table and pull out a, a D12 here, and let's go ahead and give it a roll. This is saying a six. Ah, okay. Well, this is a bit of synergy then because future guest Elvia Jablinski for the quest said, find the missing jewels from the crown. And I think this would actually work really nicely because she already has a crown that makes her immortal. Probably it's an artifact or something, unassuming otherwise. Maybe there are sections of the crown that have open spots 
where you could put jewels inside of it. And so maybe in this particular location that they're at where they're digging this moat, there are other pieces of it that are missing. So the quest that she gives the characters, since she's been able to live so long and she's been working and digging around this community, maybe it's like a massive, gigantic fortress. And so the fact that they're having to dig this moat around this underground subterranean fortress, as it were, it's just taking a really long time. And so maybe in that time, she's been able to learn more about the crown that she wears on her head. Maybe she's had to pick fights in the bar to learn about it or whatnot. I don't know. She's the kind of person that would spend the time going to the library and actually reading about it. But I think it's safe to say she's gotten foolhardy. She's gotten angry and boisterous and argumentative with some people at the bar, intimidated some people into telling her about it. And she's gotten this idea or she's gotten this knowledge that there are other pieces there are other bits to this crown that she has that if she were to reclaim them and put them in this unassuming crown that she's wearing she could actually be this veritable powerhouse as it were she'd be able to wreck shop throughout the underdark she would be able to lead her tribe of troglodytes to glory to take over everything so that could be very cool and very interesting maybe the jewels have already been recovered by the people who own this fortress this great palace or whatever and they were like oh we found these while we were digging here we'll give them to you and they're like oh these are nice we'll put them on display or maybe it's a widely known thing about these jewels or or not. You could take it any way, but I kind of like that idea of maybe they're already inside this massive fortress, this palace or whatever. Maybe it's under construction, maybe it's already built, but they're these unassuming jewels that otherwise do hold this arcane secret. And maybe the rulers of this place have found that out, or maybe they haven't. Again, you could go with it either way, but I like this idea that this otherwise unassuming moat digger found this crown, that the crown makes her immortal. She's been able to get into fights and she should be dead by some of those accounts but she's lived and so in finding out about these jewels she's just a moat digger she doesn't have the finesse or the boldness to go in herself to carry out this task but if she interacted with some player characters and convinced them to retrieve the missing jewels for her put them in the crown now leading into the rewards. So the characters are successful. They retrieve these jewels. Let me go ahead and roll another D4 to figure out how many jewels there actually are in this crown. Two. Okay. So there's two jewels. So probably maybe like one in the front, one in the back part of the crown. And we'll say that these pairs of jewels, when they're inserted in the crown, like power you up. Maybe not only are you immortal from wearing the crown, but it's able to do something extraordinary. Maybe it gives you like necrotic powers or fire or ice or something, or maybe it controls one of each. That's up to you, Dungeon Masters, to figure out what it would best fit in your game. But I think the reward should be that she either offers to become like a follower character for a temporary amount of time. She's willing to lend her muscle to your group, and you would obviously have a loose cannon associated with your party who could go off the handle at the drop of a hat if not properly reined in. I'm trying to think she probably doesn't have a whole lot of wealth behind her so I don't think she's gonna be able to offer them any physical monetary rewards 
I think being a follower, maybe considering this is the Underdark and depending on the alignment or play style of your group, this might be a valuable ally to have while you're in the Underdark, while you're in this underground city, as it were. So they might be able to help you navigate more easily the politics and the culture of this urban environment underground i think sin would also be willing to say hey if you're into fighting and killing monsters and stuff like that if you want since i have gotten these two jewels now back in my crown and they give me magic powers as well as enhanced vitality immortality and whatnot you can help me go kill these troglodytes who pushed me out of power essentially and so that way she would offer up a potential other side quest of hey let's go stomp out the troglodytes who did me wrong so i can take over and then that could potentially set up a greater bit of conflict especially if she then becomes the leader of her old tribe and she now has this super powerful magic item what's to stop her and her tribe from turning on the rest of the underdark to take it over maybe that's a point of conflict with this npc that the characters have after they've given her these jewels maybe without realizing what they were or what they were not for and then to consider the other half, consequence of failure refusing the call based on her nature as far as this angry, foolhardy, covetous sort of person, I think she's going to definitely clue in and see any metallic, shiny, magical objects that the characters have. And she's definitely going to pick the most valuable objects from their group and she's gonna straight up fight them she's got the crown on her head and so certainly if she doesn't give anything away as far as cluing in hey this magic item that i have on my head this unassuming crown actually is what's making me immortal so if they refuse to help her or they don't bring her the jewels then she's gonna straight up fight the party and she's gonna take the most valuable significant shiny objects she can from them whether it's armor or weapons weapons or whatnot and she's just gonna go solo then and go back to her old tribe in the caverns and caves deep in the underdark and she's going to take over and then probably return to the city to lay siege on it and take it over for the tribe as well so yeah pretty straightforward give your players an opportunity to figure out hmm well normally troglodytes don't wear crowns on their heads and maybe that has something to do with it so obviously the players could figure out oh this object she has gives her power and if they remove it from her well then she just becomes an older troglodyte still strong and willing to fight but she could be then killed at that point as we get to the end of the questions here i'm reminded of the two minisodes that i first did at the beginning of this podcast for both Randolph and Mr. Underhill. And I think I'm going to call it there. I'm going to declare that we've officially created our first ever live recording NPC character from scratch, fully realized, fully actualized. And I think that Sin is ready to deploy in your game for use. And so without further ado, I guess we're going to head into our final thoughts. <laughs> All right, so, wow, okay. I was a teeny bit nervous going into this as far as, oh man, how is a randomly generated NPC episode gonna work out? How am I gonna treat it? Am I going to sound like I'm making sense as I'm talking out the character and realizing what works and what doesn't work, what's logical, what makes sense, etc. 
So I'm glad that we were able to create Sin, Troglodyte Moat Digger, who could have been an otherwise unassuming character, and maybe in your game you will introduce them as such. She's an unassuming Moat Digger. She's a troglodyte. She wears a funny thing on her head. She's got this kind of pointed nose, and she's hunched over, muscly, digging, whether it's with her claws, but if it's rocks, maybe she actually is using tools. There's obviously more to her than meets the eye and if they interact with her and they do the side quest for her certainly they could be unleashing some serious carnage and chaos in the underdark they could have a temporary ally for sure or they could set up a future villain that they'll have to fight later and certainly it would be interesting having this npc in mind maybe they never interact with this particular moat digger but it certainly gives you an opportunity to have something going on in the background and maybe creates a future problem for them to have to deal with so there's a lot of different ways that you could take this character and create a full-fledged side quest adventure certainly want to thank you all for listening to this episode i know we just got the news that mr chadwick boseman had passed away so certainly as a big fan of the marvel universe i want to say rest in peace to mr boseman brilliant performance gone too soon brave brave guy fighting cancer while being an awesome action hero and role model for a lot of people all over the world so as we are concluding our final thoughts again thank you so much for listening to this episode thank you to you lucky voter you got a random npc and i think this certainly was a random npc we generated today so have a great week we'll get the next guest episode queued up edited and ready to go so take care god bless and have a good one Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash Podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!